This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Citizen CEO. Today, we continue with part two of our three-part conversation with Dina Herbert, co-founder and president and chief operating officer of Thomas & Herbert Consulting. Dina shares her thoughts around the importance of infusing culture into the recruiting process. We also chat a bit about establishing partnerships that allow us to show up as our authentic selves in all aspects of our businesses. So let's talk about culture a little bit. And you and I have talked about this ad nauseum over the past couple of years, different aspects of of culture. Can you tell me a little bit about your vision of the culture of T&H? A culture that respects individuals, people, allows them to be creative, have a voice at the table. A culture that where it's built on unity and we can come together to tackle some of the the hard questions that we may have or or just kind of get together and have a good time. Because I think we work really hard. What we're finding is that we have to be even more creative, especially now in this industry where we have technology that allows us to collaborate across, you know, states, (laughs) let alone cities. Be creative in keeping that stickiness, that connection with your staff, with each other. The business can get so overwhelming because it's always something to do, some call to address, some email to respond to, a deliverable that has to be delivered, a proposal that has to be submitted. There's always going to be something but maintaining that that connectedness, I think, has been, I think, honestly, it's been a challenge since last year because we're, we're looking at employee engagement and now the changes that we need to make because we're now working nationally as well as internationally. And we're on different time zones. We're on different schedules. So some of the factors that we have to consider now are a little bit different than what we were doing. But I think that we can handle it. I think when we come together and put our minds together, we can be um, more, even more intentional in touching our staff and letting them know that we care about them as well as our partners. And so it's just stepping back and kind of thinking that through and making sure that you're intentional. And that's an ongoing thing. That's an ongoing thing. And everybody in the firm plays a role in that. That's just not the owners, not just HR. Everybody plays a role in that. We're hoping that everybody will step up and play a role in reaching out and touching each other. I like that you use the word intention. So we talked a little bit about your vision of the culture of TNH. Can you talk to me about some ways in which you all have intentionally defined that culture? We do have an HR professional that's there to help us to look at the market, honestly, and try to figure out based on the people that are employed within my firm, the age group, the dynamics of the people, where they're located, where they're working, what their needs are, what would make them excited about coming to work? What's their passion? So she's helping us to make sure that we have a good pulse on that. Um, That may change from year to year, depending on who you're bringing in or even your current staff, things could actually change. And so just getting their feedback, our staff feedback on, on what that will look like for them We have what we called, we're working on an engagement strategy, a part of that engagement strategy. We have what we call as an all hands meeting. We we use that. We've been doing this since we started the firm. Four times a year, we have to come together. So whether that's either through a Skype session or a happy hour at a restaurant or even a conference calls, we're trying to be versatile so that 
regardless of what the methods are, we are intentional in touching people. And that's when the staff get to share what's going on on their contracts, what they're doing. That's so exciting. Um, they get to hear the company updates that we're making. We're also using technology to send out those updates. But there are other methods that we're utilizing, such as roundtable discussions, using technology again, because again, everybody may not be able to come across the Beltway or even the city or state to participate. So we want to try to figure out avenues that will allow individuals to participate in these roundtable discussions, brown bag lunches, or even just, you know, uh, groups that are in a geographical area go out to lunch. So we're trying to be creative and we got some staff members who stepped up and they're giving us ideas and, and how we can touch each other and keep a culture that's built on, again, people, quality, integrity, and fun. People, quality, integrity, and fun. Love um, that. Yeah. People, quality, integrity, and fun. Love yeah. It. Yeah. What do you think's been the most challenging part of being intentional about culture for you all in terms of your experience? When you're hiring people, there's only so much you can glean from a one hour, two hour interview. It really it takes time to get to know people. So just just making sure that the people that you're hiring to the best of your ability, that they possess some similar values and they can articulate how those values play out in their day to day living or their day to day professional assignments. And so as we're interviewing, just trying to make sure that we have the right questions or the right scenarios that people can kind of share how they will be play a role in maintaining the culture. What does that look like for them? I think that's been the most difficult. And these are great people. I don't think there is any bad individuals. I think that we all have different likes and dislikes. So it's not to say that they're bad individuals, but we may not share the same values. And so when you discover that, it's just trying to make sure you take it, you're handling that in a way that still allows you to stay true to who you are, but educate them, train them, encourage, because we really need to get everybody on board. When those things are not handled, that's when we see the problems occur. You raised an interesting point there, because I I do think... In some ways, the recruiting process is a little bit like dating, right? Everybody shows up at the interview in their Sunday best with their best (laughs) attitude and everything else. And and it takes two or three dates, you know, before the real individual starts to show up every day. That's right. Um, And so sometimes we do find, as you mentioned earlier, we do find that Although we thought values were aligned initially, they are not. So when you guys run into that scenario where you may bring someone on who is not exactly reflecting the values that you would like, how do you bring them into the fold, so to speak? Yeah, that's a good question. So our onboarding processes, like I would imagine for any company, is critical. And onboarding starts with the recruiting. The first contact with that applicant, you're building some image of your firm. You're building and you're creating an experience for them. And so our onboarding really starts with 
How do we attract people? How do we retain people once we've attracted them? And then once we've hired them, what does that journey look like? And so we're starting with the the recruiting, as you mentioned, where we're introducing who we are before we jump to that position or jump to what the need is and what we're trying to hire for. We spend a little time, at least we try to focus in this right up front, who we are as a firm, what we believe, what we're about, what's our mission and vision, what are we trying to accomplish and then lead into why this position for which you're applying for is so critical. So who we are, what we're about, mission and vision. And who we are is all about our values, what we believe, because I don't want anybody to assume that. And so we spend time up front about that. We want to know a little bit about the person, what their passion is, you know, a little bit about their background, if they're ex-military, for example, what that experience has been like for them. I mean, just kind of get to know the human being first. So that takes some time. It takes some investment of time. And then we lead into the position and we, we have behavioral based interviews. So we come up with scenarios that allows us to gleam to the best of our ability the skills that we're looking for, but also the soft skills, the personality side, how they handle conflicts and give us examples where, though, you know, when they had a conflict and and they were in the wrong, you know, just kind of coming up with scenarios where they have to explain what they would do and how they've handled various situations. And once we get through that gate, we do some level of testing, depending on the position, additional testing. But I honestly say, Kim, with all of that, we still have missed something that wasn't gleam in the interview process. In the first 30 to 90 days, it will definitely come out because the things are going to happen that are not planned and how we deal with situations that are not planned or disappointments or or failures, even failures will definitely come out is how we handle it then. How do we bring it to their attention what is it that we need to do to help them at that point? And what are they willing to help themselves? So there's some level of training and there's some coaching that we do. It is a two-way commitment. It has to be where you're both shaking a hand and say, okay, I recognize where um, they recognize where they may have to make a modification and we recognize where they may need help and they're willing to accept the help. And so if they're willing to accept the help, then I think you're off to a great start because nothing is perfect. But if they're not willing to accept the help and, you know, we really don't see eye to eye, you know, everything is not for everybody, but you still can handle that in a very amicable way. I believe that, you know, I've had to let go of people and there's still a level of respect that we should have. And so we're not perfect. But and I think that's when when you're honest with that, you're not perfect. That's when people kind of build the respect for you. Right. (laughs) Right. So we've we've talked about some of the unique challenges with culture and organizations. Can we talk a little bit for a moment about some of the unique challenges that you see with respect to GovCon and how you've navigated them? Yeah. (laughs) 
I was trying to kind of summarize this. So in 24 years, we've had like your husband partner, we've had great partners. And I think that we've kind of gotten to know each other, right? It really is like dating. I mean, you got to get to know each other and you don't really get to know each other until something happens or, you know, you reach a a little crossroad and you got to, it gets a little rough. You got to kind of work it out. And so that's what makes the relationship great because you're able to work out the problems. You're able to work through scenarios and still respect each other. Well, we've unfortunately had a couple of instances where we didn't believe in in the same things. And it really played out in our everyday decision making, how we delivered. Unfortunately, I didn't we didn't discover it until late where ultimately we had to not deliver together. We had to make a decision. We were not going to work together. And that's far and few between. But it, it does exist where we're just not a fit. Just like we're talking about attracting the same good staff members or attracting candidates, when we're picking partners or when we're picking partners to either go after one deal or, or 20 deals, it still requires that level of dating or, or conversation about what do they really want the, from the relationship? What does a successful relationship or partnership look like? And when it gets tough, how do we handle stuff? That's what I, I find has been challenging is because things is not going to go well. It's, you know, we're living in a very challenging times today and it's already challenging for families and individuals and they're coming to work. So I know we all have our challenges, but it's how we work it out together. And I think that's what makes the partnership great when you can come up with ways that, you know, we can work through situations. And sometimes you may even need to get an outside party to help you through it a coach or facilitator. But that's what makes the partnership strong. I think it's trying to figure out who brings expertise, what's going on within their organization, what are they strong at, and then how can we come together and really talk through that over some coffee or tea. Not a proposal effort, not when you're trying to meet a deadline. What a great chat today with Dina Herbert, sharing her insights and inspo. I was particularly inspired by the idea of intentionally infusing culture in all aspects of the organization so that we can show up in the business and in our partnerships as our authentic selves, knowing that we are fully aligned with those around us supporting the organization. Don't miss part three of my conversation with Dina next week when we discuss integrating change management as an integral part of the growth strategy. Thanks so much for listening. 